All right. I just figured out today that we're t tonight will be the last. Uh, we're not meeting for like three weeks. So with that said, as I was kind of planning for this, this Proverbs, it's, it's going to be hard to study uh, the entire book because it's from, from it, it wouldn't, we could do it, but from 10 to 29, uh, we'll get into this in a minute, but it's kind of like those standalone Proverbs. Like I'll just open up to 16 says, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So I just randomly opened up to 16, but from from 10 to 29, like I said, are sort of those wisdom. Those When you think of Proverbs, you think of those kind of one-liners, right? So chapter 1 through chapter 9 is written in the form of a letter from a father to a son, and that's where we've been for the last couple weeks. Um, and then, like I said, 10 through 29 are those are the one-liners. They fit into the, they fit a context. I mean, they're all wisdom phrases. They're all, uh, they're all related to fearing the Lord. And then 30 and 31, take a different turn in that they are not the words of Solomon. They are the words of Agur, A-G-U-R, Agur, uh, and Lemuel. So there's so, sort of like three sections of Proverbs. One through nine is the letter from a father to a son. It's written that way, and, and, and it all has to do with wisdom. And then 10 through 29 are the my heading calls it, uh, if I can turn the pages, the Proverbs of Solomon. What does it say above your all's chapter 10? If you're in. Wisdom for all people. What version are you in? What can I be? What's King James say, Dale? Are you new, King James? New. Put those glasses on. Let's see. On 10? Yep. What's the heading say? So ESV says pro the Proverbs of Solomon. New King James says the wise sayings of Solomon. And what was NIV? Wisdom for all people? Wisdom for all people. Okay. So I wanted to use tonight as sort of a, 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 a quick but, but thorough flyby for the rest of the book of Proverbs. We, it's easy to study 10 through 29 on your own. I mean, who can't read? I'm just open on, I'm just picking one. Chapter 10, verse 13. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. If you kind of just look at that, it's pretty easy to understand. On the lips of him who has understanding. So if you have understanding of godly things, you have wisdom, okay? But a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. You're going to feel pain if you do something stupid. I mean, you can read. This is my encouragement to you because we're, this study is kind of dying for three weeks. Spend some time over the next dead period, let's call it. Go through 10 through 29 and just just try to make sense of it to yourself. It's Because these are those little snippet 
Proverbs we think about when we think of Proverbs. One of them, I don't know where it is, but I memorized this one just because it's easy and it makes sense and it's nasty. Uh, well, how's it say? Who knows where I'm going with this? I'm sure somebody can figure it out. Uh, I want to get it right. Here's a clue. Vomit. How uh, dog? Yeah, as a dog returns to its vomit, a sinner returns to his sin. I can't. I don't remember what. Uh, so that would be one of those one-liner proverbs. It's in there somewhere. Somebody find it for me. Get that phone out. So, you on that, Paul? Where's it at? Google dog vomit proverb. It'll come up. I was, I was doing this once. I sent my husband. So it's a nice. Twenty-six, eleven. What? Twenty-six, eleven. 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 Twenty-six, eleven.
who are the simple? Half in, half out. So it says this this wise woman, or, or remember we watched that video, Lady Wisdom, who represents the woman represents wisdom. It says, leave your simple ways, leave your half-hearted ways and live and walk in the way of insight, which is wisdom. So she's this is encouraging someone to put both feet all in to the kingdom instead of one in, one out. Uh, verse 7, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. So that sort of means a scoffer doesn't really know uh, uh, somebody that's you know a scoffer is somebody that's uh, not wise well they don't know they think that they are so this verse is saying um, if you try to correct somebody who's not wise well they're not they're not going to take correction but a wise man the next the next line the wise man it says reprove a wise man and he will love you because a wise man desires wisdom he wants he wants somebody to come alongside him and uh, correct him. Give instruction, verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. I meant to ask this before I read verse 9. There's a really good summary verse in this chapter 9. Did, did anybody lock it in their brain as we read it? 10. There you go. Read it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Yep. So the whole book of Proverbs, the theme is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And remember, we talked about the fear of the Lord. Fear doesn't mean, ah, I'm terrified. It can mean that, but it, it's a it's respect and reverence that God created all things, and we should have respect for Him. Uh, you know, His wrath is part of His creation, so that's, fear can come into that. Fear in the way that we think about fear. But really, this means respect. So that is almost a mimic of Proverbs 2.6. They're not worded the exact same, but they're definitely right there together. 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Yeah. Right, that was the one you wanted us to. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that today when I read that one. I was like, hmm, I wonder what that memory, ver I wonder what that yeah, verse was. I got it written down. Challenge everybody to try to remember. I think we all have grasped that the theme of the book of Proverbs is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that's that's important. So when there's times in your life when you when you think, well, my life's not really going so hot at the moment, it's, it will be easy to think, well, am I, do I have the respect for the Lord that I should? Because if I do, if, I, if the Lord is the first thing on my mind, 
of my life, there should be a radical amount of peace in my life in all circumstances. And uh, so, yeah, that's what the book of Proverbs is pointing us to. Does anybody have any questions about that? Any of that? So, so this this book has a side-by-side comparison of who wisdom is. And you know, we talk about how wisdom is viewed as a woman, but then on the other side, we've also got that folly. I heard you laughing when the... Well, in my translation, I like it kind of better. It says, she's a rowdy woman. What version are you reading? Uh, CSB. CSB? CSB. Yeah. She's a rowdy woman. Yeah. The woman. Mine says the woman folly is loud. Yeah, it says the uh, uh, folly is a rowdy woman. Hmm. <laughs> What's that New King James say in uh, verse thirteen, nine thirteen? Oh, hey, woman is glamorous. 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 That's the one with the rowdy woman. <laughs> that sounds too much like glamorous. <laughs> she. I like that one. <laughs> That almost goes to that idiot one. Careful. Well, he said that's one of the words we ought to wipe from our vocabulary. That's the one I need to wipe from mine. Yeah, it says, The woman folly is loud, she is seductive, and knows nothing, is what ESV says. So, that was... um, I just wanted to read that chapter to sort of close out the, the the first chunk of Proverbs 1 through 9, which is the letter from a father to a son about wisdom. And so let's turn over to 22, and we'll read verses 1 through 16. I want to I want to take uh, prayer time a little more. Not that we don't normally take it seriously, but I want to stop a little early tonight and, and focus on that some. So this might seem mighty quick to you. So I just kind of skimmed through some things, and um, 22 seemed like a good place to kind of analyze a couple of verses. Just the the way we we know proverbs. Uh, when you think of Proverbs, I do anyways, I think I always think of the kind of standalone stuff. Don't do you all? So I will read uh, 22 one, verses 1 through 16. Let me read my notes before I do that. Okay, so just kind of, we can stop at, if, any, if anything stands out to you, just stop me. Uh, and I might read slow, just to make comments as I go. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of all of them all. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Here's a popular one. Mary Harold likes this one. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Dave Ramsey likes that one. He uses that all the time. Does anybody listen to Dave Ramsey? The borrower's a slave to the lender. He says it like every episode. Sorry, I get excited. Uh, 
uh, verse 8, whoever sows injustice will reap calamity and the rod of his fury will fail. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed for he shares his bread with the poor. Drive out a scoffer and strife will go out and quarreling and abuse will cease. Now, the, the thing we just read said don't correct a scoffer, but uh, I, don't have, I, don't, I don't have time to analyze all that. He who loves, verse 11, he who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the traitor. The sluggard says, there is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. What is, uh, what's somebody else, what's, in other versions, what do they use for sluggard? In 13. Slacker, lazy. Yeah. So the lazy person says there's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. What does that second, what does that B part mean? I shall be killed in the streets. I was, I was reading this one today. Yeah. Mine says the slugger creates excuses to avoid work. The sluggard says, there's a line outside. I shall be killed in the streets. Huh. For, for staying in. There's there's danger. Yeah. All right, 14. The mouth of forbidden women is a deep pit. He with whom the Lord is angry will fall into it. I like that one. I mean, I don't know if I like it, but it makes sense to me. Uh, 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. 16. Whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth. I'm sorry, let me read that again. Whoever oppresses the poor, yeah, whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives to the rich will only come to poverty. So these are just, this is what I think of when I think of Proverbs. Just sort of one line wisdom punches um, but if you think about the dip, it's just kind of interesting to think about this the writing style so when this is written they did they're not we don't have headings we don't have uh, chapters and verses uh, I just wonder like what switched like how did how did all this come together we went from one to nine where it's kind of written in a letter and then 10 to 29 is written in these kind of wisdom punches pop Pop, 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 pop. And then and then you turn over to 30 and 31, and now I have different authors. You know, the heading of 30 says the words of Agur, Agur, however you say that. What do you, what do y'all's headings say there? At 30. So maybe maybe Solomon recorded them. I, I don't know how all that would have worked out. Does anybody have any insight of that? I think I read it to like a, just a collection, like the, the things that he, you know, like when you're in a position of higher up and you want to make your culture seem richer, you collect things. So maybe this Edgar was a famous writer or something or poet at the time. Yeah. So he would have been before translation or when it was translated and then he translated each one of these things. That's how we were reading somebody else's translation. We don't know that's what they were written. Yeah. I don't know. And Solomon compiled it. I don't think he wrote all of them. Yeah, it's deba- it's debated who 
it, I mean, it, let me think the beginning of, let's turn back to our little theme page here. Um, the author and date notes on my, my Proverbs page says, Proverbs itself mentions Solomon as author or collector of its contents, including the Proverbs copied by Hezekiah's men, which is chapter 25. There are also two batches of sayings from a group called the wise and oracles. So the group called the wise is from 22 to 24, and then the oracles are 30 and 31, which are Agar or Agar and Lemuel. No author is named for the song and praise of the excellent wife that ends the book. And that's where we're going next. Although Proverbs was begun in the time of Solomon, it was probably it probably was not in its present form until the time of Hezekiah. So I guess maybe Hezekiah assembled the writings in the way that they're written now. I don't know. I don't know. Does it scare you all for your pastor to say, I don't know? Because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What would you say? It's converted. What? To say I don't know? Yeah, then I think you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I think that's, yes, even as a parent, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I do not know. Yeah. I those I'm not going to fake it till I make it. I'll just tell you I don't know something. Okay, so Proverbs 31 would be from uh, the Oracle King Lemuel. Lemuel. And um, let me see here. I just wrote some notes here. A Proverbs 31 woman is respectable in the eyes of the Lord and her husband and everyone else for that matter. I want to read, before we read uh, 31, chapter 31, verses 10 through the end, I just wanted to read um, read a couple notes that are in my Bible. It says, the, an alphabet of womanly excellence. Uh, so this is written as an acrostic. So in the in the Hebrew, I don't know the Hebrew alphabet, but this if we were reading this in Hebrew, so our alphabet goes A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I don't know what theirs is, but this is written as an acrostic. So the first line is A, the second line starts with B, the third line starts with C, the fourth line starts with D in the Hebrew alphabet, which is kind of interesting. And... Um, Whoever wrote these notes kind of explains their thoughts on that. It says, as the ESV footnote in to verse 10 explains, this wisdom poem is an acrostic. Each successive verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The poem begins and ends with mention of the woman's excellence. The probable intention, the probable intention of putting this in an acrostic pattern is to show that this woman's character runs the whole range of excellence. I thought that was neat how they said that. The woman is married and she is devoted to the well-being of her household. She contributes financially to her family. At the same time, she makes her home the center of ministry by giving generously to the poor and by instructing her children and household workers in true kindness. Her husband and children enjoy their lives and honor her for, for her industry. This portrait of excellence sets such a high standard that it can be depressing to godly women today until its purpose is understood. First, the woman embodies wisdom in all areas of life. This shows that the teaching of Proverbs is intended for all of God's people. 
Second, this profile is an ideal. It is not expected that any one woman will look exactly like this in every way. Rather, it is an example of full-scale virtue and wisdom toward which the faithful are willing to be molded. I think I'm going to have to get a Bible with bigger print. I can't see those words. <laughs> I have contacts in my eyes. I just can't see them. They're so small. But um, I thought about this when I was... Uh, when I was reading this week about a Proverbs 31 woman, how uh, discouraging it could be to read about how great this woman is, how she's so virtuous and she's hitting home runs inside the house. She's working and hitting home runs at the business. She's doing it all. And I'm thinking, we can't do all that. <laughs> that's, so, that's so hard, you know. Uh, this woman is perfect. So these notes say, don't be discouraged by this. Uh, this is sort of, this is the ideal of a of a perfect and virtuous woman, and uh, this doesn't just go for women. This goes for all of us. But uh, you know, we're not going to be perfect in all areas of our life. But but this is a great example of what we should strive towards. So let us read. Well, in verse one, it says it's the prophecy that his mother taught him. Yeah. This is so you got a Jewish mother telling her boy what kind of a girl to look for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just read the whole chapter now that you brought that up. Yes, but uh, she, she's just trying to say there's nobody that's going to be perfect for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 31 verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take, a, to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And this begins uh, the woman who fears the Lord. Chapter, uh, verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. 
She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her, her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Women, did y'all get, did y'all get uh, exhausted just reading about this woman? Or? Um. Calm down, Dale. What did you say, Paula? Um, I'm reading the resource of a Bible commentary, and it says that this problem is really talking about wisdom again. Yeah. And it's setting it up as that it's it's not an actual wife, but instead it's just wisdom, what wisdom looks like. And so, so that takes the load off of us to be perfect like this. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree, but also it would be wise for a woman to do these things, yes, to embrace the wisdom, but yeah. Yeah, but not sulk in failure when you do fail, maybe. Every day. Every day. Uh, Saying that it's referring back to Lady Wisdom. Yeah. In chapter 9. Yeah. I thought of you, Paula, on one of these. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. I'm just saying, you've got a lot of children to keep clothed in cold. <laughs> okay, so uh, verse 10 says, my ESV says excellent. Let me think, what is verse 10? An excellent wife, who can I find? The King James Version says virtuous. And virtuous means full of character, strength, and ability. I'm kind of just going to go line. I'm going to go verse by verse through this. A Proverbs 31 woman is faithful to her. In verse 11, uh, this woman is faithful to her husband, not only sexually, but in all things. A woman is not called to be. I got this from the notes in my Bible, this part. A woman is not called to be a servant to her husband. She is to be a partner. Here's my first question of the night. Husbands and wives, how can we become better partners to each other? And when I say partner, I don't mean the worldly, he's my partner, she's my partner. I hate when people say that, drives me nuts. But this partnership is Christian marriage partnership. As Christian married folks, how can we be better husband, better partners to each other in marriage? Ask. Ask. What can I do for you today? Yeah. Yeah, it says or my notes say a woman is not called to be a servant to her husband she is to be a partner but we should seek to serve each other in all that we do that was kind of my thought so you yeah you hit it about the expectations yeah a helpmate yeah yeah instead of me thinking Heather hadn't unloaded that dishwasher yet I should just unload that dishwasher huh I do that most sometimes. Most of most sometimes. You know, if there was a woman, as they describe, I don't think we'd ever get married. She seems like a us. 
Are there any? Are there any young? I was. There's no young single people out here. Josh, you're young and single. Uh, how can you prepare yourself now to be a good partner for when the time comes that you will find a mate? I do not know. <laughs> Hey, you're learning from the pastor. You're listening. Good job. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. All right, verse 12. Uh, verse 12 says, she does, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. So this woman is loyal to the end. And, and, and again, as we talk about you know expectations, this, this not only goes for women, this goes for all of us. We're talking about wisdom in our, our character, our humanity, our personality. Our godliness, all of this is—we're not—we're not singling out women here. We're all to be loyal to the end. Verse thirteen: She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. A Proverbs thirty-one woman is a hard worker. Verse fourteen: She is like the ships of the merchant; she brings her food from afar. I didn't understand this uh, in my own brain, so I read some notes, and it said. Uh, this this woman is wise in that she uh, she's wise with her money. She bargain shops. She she shops around for the best deals. You know, that's that's the way it. That's the way uh, Jay Vernon McGee explained it. Coupon. She's a coupon lady. Yeah, she uses her Kroger points. Uh, Fifteen. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. This one made me think of Heather because she gets up before me many days and gets a lot of stuff done. I'm just, I wake up like this. What are we doing? What are we doing? Especially, especially on Mondays. Um, Mondays are bad. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. So, a Proverbs 31 woman is awake during the day, uh, awake during the dark of morning, getting every, everyone ready for the day. And I have noted here, Heather is good at this, this one. Sometimes I can't get out of bed in the morning, especially on Mondays. So, I'm getting better at memorizing my notes. Uh, 16 and 17. Does anybody have any questions so far? Comments? Like I said, we're skimming and flying through all this. Because we've got three weeks of nothing coming up, so I wanted to kind of cut this off after tonight. This woman has control of her own money. She's independent. She's liberated. She's independent. <laughs> She's one of them women we've been hearing about on the rap songs. <laughs> She's independent. She doesn't need you, Dale. Her mother said that. <laughs> We better move on quick. <laughs> Six. Yeah. Well, look, you see that little red light? You see that little red light? You'll never become president because you're a womanizer. Yeah. You're old enough to be the president, though. They only they only give you old. They only give you old. They only give you old ones. All right. Sixteen, seventeen. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and, and makes her arms strong. J. Vernon McGee again says, she is business savvy and understands financial things and she is wise with money. Now, this does not mean that she has to work outside of the home. This is kind of part of that 
discouragement line that I was thinking. This doesn't mean she has to work outside the home, but she knows how to handle money and make good decisions. Verse 18. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. Uh, my notes say, but she can work outside the home, and when she does it, she does it well. Any thoughts on any of this? Well, I mean, even like when we have one outside the house, she can even like, first that she's got the field in the vineyard, she can make things there at home and sell them out of her home where she's still there taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, but still able to help supplement the family income. Yeah, and even as I'm thinking about the kingdom, the kingdom of God, this could relate to our conversations too, like how productive if we see our conversation, our spiritual conversations with other people as good work for the kingdom, how productive are her conversations or how productive are any of our conversations? You know, this is um, this is something that's something to consider. Just all of these things are about uh, being virtuous. Like how are we spending when we do talk to people? How productive is it? So this this is highlighting her work ethic and uh her quality of work well how what about uh what about our work ethic in our spiritual life and and the quality of that like how much effort are we really putting in to do what we can to see people come to faith you know 19 and 20 she puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle and those two things are um uh, like uh, wool tools, right? Does anybody know that? Spindle. I had to look up distaff. Is that how you say that? I looked it up just now. Or previously? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I looked it up today. I was like, what the heck is that? Okay, where am I? 20? She, uh, did I read 20? She opens her hand to the poor. So it's saying she works hard. And, uh, and does well. So 20, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. So she works hard in her trade and she is generous with her earnings is how I see that. 21, you have a question? I'm sorry. No. 21, she is, afraid of, she is not afraid of snow for her household for all her household are clothed in scarlet. So this verse just reaffirms that she takes good care of her children and everyone else in her household, which we should all do. Uh, our, our household is a gift from God, and we should be good stewards of, of our households. 22. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Uh, she is able to rely on herself for many of the needs of her household. What is the relevance of purple? It means something. Signs of royalty in it. I think so. Maybe I should read my notes on that. What is it? Yes, quality. Good, it's the good stuff. Well, and Lydia that it mentions in the Bible was a seller of purple. Yeah, I knew purple was mentioned a bunch. It's, it's, a specific, it's a specific process that they have to get the purple dye. I think it comes from a shell. Yeah. It smells really bad. And, and it smells bad. Looks good, but smells bad. So it was a, it was an imported item, so it would be quite costly. Give me the what's the breakdown? The thought breakdown of the smells. It was a, on the History Channel. 
is uh, it comes from a, a special shellfish on the that can be found abundantly, but you have to grind it. Uh, whatever plant it has that produces this stuff. And it took a lot of a lot of people man hours to crack them and discard them. And they needed a binding agent for it. And they, that was urine. And so they the people were walking around looking really good, but they smell like dead fish and pee. Well, that's how they knew it was genuine too. They said because the others tried to they didn't want peasants coming around, so they're like, here, I'll just make myself smell awful. <laughs> That's probably not true. I'm clipping silly. Okay. 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Known in the gates means that her husband held high position of some sort. And uh, behind every woman, or nope, behind every good man, there is a woman. We hear that a lot. I kind of just threw that in there. The husband's success is would be limited if he was married to a foolish woman. So, 24 says, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. She's handy and useful. This is my note. There you go. That's what you get. Verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. I really liked thinking about this. So, uh, strength and dignity are so woven into her character that they are as evident as her clothing. Here's another question. She laughs about the future in, in, in verse 25. It says, and she laughs at the time to come. So my question is, if she wasn't laughing about the future, what sh would she be doing otherwise? Yeah. Yep. I like that. Because I read it and I'm like, she laughs about the future. I'm like, what? That's weird. But as I thought about it and I I read uh, old handy. Yeah. Yeah. Be anxious for nothing. Remember, we just heard about that. Okay. What? Let's pause there. What are, what are, are you all able to do that? Now we talked about. We're living 30, we talk about Sunday living 30 years ahead, thinking about all these retirement plans and all these things. And are we able to just kind of not worry about all that mess and just kind of live day to day sometimes? Or are we freaking out? I'm not so worried about the future. Sometimes I'm just worried all that's going to happen that day. I'm going to get through the day. I don't even have kids anymore. <laughs> Uh, you got to laugh it off, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did sometimes. I was in chronic where when I was younger. I died. I analyzed myself. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I don't, I think I'm better about it. I mean, not that I don't get worried at, at all anymore. But yeah. It is what it is. But I don't want to. Yeah. We don't have to worry about 30 years from now. <laughs> I was counting them up. <laughs> I'm in a season of life where I don't have much anxiety about anything, but I don't. I hope that that lasts until death, but I doubt that it will, you know. So I'm just 
I'm riding the wave while it's here because one day it might hit. Go ahead, Mary Sue. I heard this dog, I don't worry about tomorrow, just live from day to day. That'd be a good one. Okay, where am I? 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Uh, wisdom and kindness are very easy. It's easy to see wisdom and kindness in, in a wise person. Verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Um, as I think about idleness, you know, rest and idleness are not the same thing. Idleness is laziness, and laziness is sinful. Rest is not sinful. Rest is uh, necessary. So there is a there is a big difference, and we don't want to be overly restful. That would hinder. That would uh, kind of hinge on the lazy scale. So keep that in mind. 28, 29, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. So in a healthy home, the husband, wife, and children value one another. You see in verse 29, uh, King Lemuel, or whoever wrote this, is writing uh, maybe what a husband would say, says to the wife that he loves. It's 29's in quotes. Many women have done excellently but you surpass them all what a kind thing verse 30 charm is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised so this this verse brings us back to the main theme of the book of proverbs which is fear of the lord and uh j vernon mcgee says this to young men it says young man first you should look for a wife who is a christian then I hope that you get a good-looking one in the bargain. It's nice to have both together. A woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. This is a prime, this is of prime importance. So when we think about Christians getting married, you know, in, in a worldly sense, we're looking for all the, the beautiful things and the, um, uh, and the charm. But, but this verse 30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So... A woman who fears the Lord should be primary as we seek a spouse. You hear that part, Josh? You tuned in back there? Yeah. Find you a woman that fears the Lord above all else and you'll be all right one of these days. Okay. The notes in my study Bible say, A godly woman may well have skill and beauty, but these are secondary importance to her godliness. And... The final verse of the book of Proverbs says, Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And I really don't know. I have to just read the note. The wife's works are known and appreciated in the gates. And remember, the gates are like a, a high quality place to be. And therefore, throughout the town, give her of the fruit of her hands means that she should be given some personal reward for her excellent work. Let her works praise her. The excellent character and work of such a woman calls for public honor. So, the Proverbs 31 woman should be held in very high regard, which means for any of us, if we are virtuous and we are seeking after God uh, with all of our energy, that is that is what... God is most interested in. That's what he's solely interested in, that we would seek after him with 
with virtue and uh, and righteous character, just knowing that we should seek to please Him above everything that we do, and everything else will will fall into place if we're really focusing on that. So.